0: going on Camfo. welcome back welcome back key to the city podcast season three kicking off a brand new season i appreciate everybody that supported me through the first season whatever you did like share comment uh it don't matter Told your best friend your homeboy your homegirl. i appreciate it man you didn't have to do it but you did and we're back for another season man it feels so good it's been a tough past two years and it Don't seem like it's letting up, but hey, we just got to keep pushing forward, keep our mental strong, and everything going to be all right. Uh, But I sure appreciate y'all, and um, as we did with the first two seasons, we're going to continue to give you quality content, quality guests, and um, we're starting this season off great with a a young lady that I think is going to set the tone right for this season with me speaking about getting our mental right um you know she's gonna give us some keys about how to you know love on ourselves stay in tune with ourselves because if you can't control this thing up here man it can get out of control and you know some paths you don't want to be taken down so we're gonna find out more about that more about her and uh y'all know where to go to always support the website key to the city podcast on all platforms uh we show and appreciate you uh but without further ado our first guest is a licensed clinical psychologist with over a decade of mental health experience and a passion to serve underserved communities, which we need more of. You know, we have a there's a lack of resources or a lack of access to those resources. Uh so she's definitely helped serve those communities. She's the founder of Centered on Healing, uh that's located in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Um, uh, you know, she has a physical location, so. If you're down that way, check it out. Uh, They operate under the acronym COHE. Is that correct? That's it. All right. And COHE is a client centered solution, focused mental health and wellness resource providing services to individuals, couples, families. And they use a holistic approach, which I love. And uh, their mission is to see their clients whole, healed and healthy. We love it. Uh, She's a major advocate for mental health of black men, which I am. And uh, I definitely support that wholeheartedly. So we appreciate her. And, uh, you know, lastly, uh, but not least, she's um, a published author of the book, at Ishmael Situation. We'll find out more about that. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get it on. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, welcome to the city. Dr. Tayari Wilson. How you doing, Queen?
1: Hey, thank you so much for the amazing introduction. How
0: are you? Oh, I can't complain. I'm honored to have you.
1: I feel blessed. (laughs) I feel absolutely blessed to be a part of the work that you're doing. And again, I appreciate the invitation.
0: No doubt. No doubt. We appreciate you. How's your day going so far?
1: Yeah. Listen, so it's been an amazing day. You know, it's been super busy today, but it's not uncommon, especially for this time of the year. So uh, everything is good. I have no complaints. Right. Just glad to still be a part of the work that's being done.
0: Love to hear it, love to hear it. Now you originally from Mississippi? I am originally from Gulfport, Mississippi. Born and raised.
1: Born and raised, that's right.
0: I don't spend enough time on the coast. I should. <laughs> I'm from the Jackson area. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson metro area, but we yeah. all love the coast. Even though y'all get beat up every year. The <laughs> weather. We love it. Down don't there.
1: we right we do we do i love i love the coast the coast is home born and raised i mean i'm out in houston now but i do love the coast
0: stop so. it yeah and that's uh-huh. where i'm located
1: yeah yeah that's how houston is home for me but i'm just from the gulf coast yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay <laughs> so i think that's another uh way you came across my radar because i'm located in houston as well
1: mm-hmm. um
0: <laughs> And this that's crazy because I wasn't born in Mississippi, but I was raised in Mississippi. So yeah. And I'm in Houston as well. Shout out yeah. to the Mississippi folks.
1: That's what right. school
0: did you attend?
1: <laughs> which school was in which high school in Mississippi? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I graduated from Gulfport High class Gulfport of two thousand. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. And uh how about college?
1: So, well, I've been to several institutions. I started out uh, at University of Southern Mississippi. So I graduated from USM in Hattiesburg. I went on to get my graduate degrees from um, North Central uh, Mm -hmm. University and then Southern New Hampshire University out on the on the East Coast. So and I also have an associate's degree from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. So shout out to them because they really gave me some uh amazing uh foundational things to help launch me and get me to where i am today so lots of lots of colleges uh under my bill
0: shout out to all those institutions yeah about them books what (laughs) what inspired you to pursue a path of uh mental advocacy
1: Man. Um, so really, I, I would really say it probably is just from just seeing a need, you know, the need mm-hmm. for mental health advocacy is all around us, especially in our communities. Um, I would say for me, just personally, I had a father that I lost to suicide uh, when I was eight years old. So that was extremely impactful. Mm. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But it had a tremendous impact on my life and on my my upbringing. Um, I came up in a really strict home. My mom raised me uh, in the Pentecostal church. I was a little cold girl. And so my faith was a real, you know, a, a really big part of my upbringing. Um, but I saw a lot of brokenness still, like all around me, you know, all the ministry in my own home. And I knew that there was a disconnect, you know, there was something missing, you know, something beyond the faith, just, you know, speaking positive and believing God and praying and fasting and all these things. Um, but people still were broken, still were hurting, still out of need, were still suffering from depression, anxiety, um, suicidal ideation, etc. And although in my formative years, I did didn't really have the language to put around what I was seeing. I still had enough knowledge and understanding to know that something was missing and something was wrong. And so my quest to kind of figure out where that disconnect was and why people were uh, proclaiming a healing and a wellness that they weren't really demonstrating fruit for Mm -hmm. um, caused me to just kind of seek out what else needs to be done to help my own people. So that's kind of how the process started.
0: Now, as far as your professional background, did you immediately um, open Centered on Healing or did you start at a few clinics first?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I originally started off, of course, when um, going through a program at USM um, under supervision and training, um, working at, from that. Uh, perspective. Um, that, that was my first experience in mental health. My first training was through that supervision and going through the graduate program. Um, and then from there, I worked for a series of institutions, some nonprofits, and then I I've spent the most amount of time doing community based uh, therapy. Um, And providing community-based services, which is basically like a contract therapist going into the home and providing therapeutic services um, for people who are in underserved communities who maybe didn't have transportation, you know, the means to get back and forth. So we would bring our services to them. And so that was in the New Orleans Slidell area, um, you know, over in um, New Orleans East and those parts where I was able to provide those services. So it wasn't until COVID where I finally made a decision. I was uh, working for a nonprofit in uh, Mississippi. At their time, and they could not sustain because of you know, of course, everything that was going on with COVID, it, it really shut down their um, their business, and so I said. This is a time for me to go into full time practice for myself, you know, get back right. to work for myself so that I can continue to provide these services to people. but now, um, as many people are aware, able to do it through means like telehealth and zoom and things like that, mm-hmm. um so that people can still get the services. I also unfortunately witnessed a lot of clients that we have been working with for quite some time. Uh, begin to regress, you know, Um, Mm. they were going backwards, they were losing the progress that they had made over the years. And then for some, um, they were experiencing what we call some comorbidities, right? So, Um, If they already had one diagnosis, the anxiety, the depression um, around COVID, the COVID apathy, um, adjustment disorders, et cetera, were beginning to um, exist. Right. The symptoms Mm -hmm. of additional mental illnesses were beginning to show up um, in a lot of people's lives because everything around them was just out of control. So for me, I felt compelled to really get in there and do something and really. Uh, try to um, be effective and help the people who needed it the most. So that's how um, I kind of went about launching Centered on Healing. And I was like, hey, let me get myself out here and, and, and get to work, you know, get get it done. So that's how Centered on Healing came We about.
0: definitely need it. When it comes to those underserved communities, mm-hmm. are they uh, majority people of color?
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard that, you know mental health mental illness that's always been like taboo Mm -hmm. in the black community Mm -hmm. you know just pray about it that's right that's usually the advice we get right um but from your experience do you find Mm -hmm. that that's usually true that people of color are more apprehensive to seek mental help
1: um, yeah, I would say overwhelmingly, absolutely. You know, I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a generational thing. Um, I believe that we are people who just generationally that we have been taught to rely on our own strength, you know, um, that to seek out help from a um, licensed clinician, anything as it relates to mental health is considered kind of a sign of weakness, right? Mm-hmm. You're soft, you're weak, um, you're doing people. what the other people do, you know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't do that, you know, right. and it's kind of just been rooted in a lot of misinformation. Um, and so what it did was it really was, uh, it created a barrier for us, you know, it kept us, um, uh, it, it denied us access to tools that were available to us for our wellness, for our healing, for our wholeness, right, for our improvement, um, for our promotion mentally, emotionally and socially. And mm-hmm. so we've missed several years on the benefits of mental health because of misinformation, um, because of certain cultural stigmas associated mm-hmm. with mental health. But a lot of that was because we just didn't really know the benefits of um, accessing these tools, and then in a lot of our communities, it just hasn't been available, right? That's the mm-hmm. that's the first thing. It hasn't been available. And then secondly, for us, you know, we typically are very much distrusting of people who don't look like us, you know. We don't really feel safe uh, in a lot of instances being vulnerable around people who don't look like us, right? Right, um, right? And so when you don't have clinicians in your communities that look like you, then that also creates an additional barrier because you're now even more reluctant to go and sit down and have a conversation with the people that you've been taught not to trust, your entire life so that's the the second thing and then finally as you mentioned about prayer just pray about it just pray about it you know again that is a misconception you know I tell people especially people of faith that therapy is a tool that God has given us right for our wholeness All right, healing is not enough Um, when the Bible talks about you know Jesus speaking to the woman and telling her to go and to be made whole there is a process to wholeness you know when the scripture says to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus um, there's work that you have to do in order to have that mind. And no matter what faith you are, whether you're a Christian or a person of a different faith, at the end of the day, in order for you to be whole, in order for you to be well, in order for you to be healed, there is a mental work that all of us are absolutely required to do in order for us to get there. And clinicians are um, trained with the tools, the treatment plans, um, and and the strategies to get all of us to that place. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Take advantage of it.
1: We gotta take advantage of it. It's here for us, you know, for, for our wellness.
0: What inspires you to kind of like hone in on black men? Uh it's <laughs> it's rough out here. And speaking from a black male's perspective. Yeah. Uh just from the aspect of especially if you have a family to provide for. Yeah. So from the aspect of having a family to provide for, you got that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um which that's added pressure because now we're in an environment where COVID is disrupting a lot of businesses. So people can't, Mm -hmm. so let's say you out of work. So you got that pressure, but you know, you have a family to provide for. Uh, And then speaking from a male's perspective, like that's like the ultimate blow to your like your spirit, your ego when you can't provide because society has told you, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the foundation of being a man.
1: Yeah. Your value is uh, really your ability to provide. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but you're not, you don't feel that you can be vulnerable enough to express the frustration that you're dealing with. So mm-hmm. that's added pressure
1: mm-hmm.
0: and stress mm-hmm. onto, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the mental battles that you're already facing. So I'm glad that you decided to like hone in on this, uh the black man Uh, because we definitely need it. Um, Mm -hmm. Just tell me what inspired you to go down that path.
1: Yeah, so I, well, I want to bring some clarity to it. So, um, in my practice, I specialize in working with Black men and women. Um, okay. I do have all of my clients are, are typically at a hundred percent right now. They're Black men and women. Um, some are professionals, some not professionals. But when I work specifically with Black men, or what is allow allowed me to really hone in as, a, as as it relates to a specialization with that specific demo, uh, demographic, is again, uh, for one, I, I shared with you earlier on how I lost my father. Mm-hmm. I lost my father to suicide. Uh, My father was uh, in the Air Force. He worked for DuPont. He was environmentalist. He was educated. He he had been in the military. Um, He pretty much come from a good family. He was involved in the church. And so from the outside, although he did have a a plethora of other issues, um, from the outside looking in, it would seem that he really had Everything together. Right. Everything was it was good. Right. Wife, kids, great career, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And so when you have someone, which is very much what you describe, when you have these black men who feel trapped. Um, who do not have a safe space where they can be vulnerable, where they can have hard conversations, uh, when they do not have a space where they are understood, where they're heard, right, where they're not judged, uh, when they do not have a space where they can really work through their issues um, with someone who really can kind of understand and relate, not as a black man, but just the the science behind the experience, the psychology behind the experience, and help to create um, a plan, right, to help them navigate those. Spaces navigate those seasons, um, then you're going to have the kind of results like that that was experienced by my own father, which is a a generation of men or a group of men who give up. Mm -hmm. um, For all men, it may not be giving up in a sense of taking your own life, but it may just be walking away from your family, walking away from your your job, um, Mm -hmm. turning to other maladaptive coping mechanisms like drugs, like alcohol, like uh, sex um, like spending, you know, terrible spending. You know, whatever kind of uh maladaptive copingisms that a person feels it's safe for them to lean into in order to get through those seasons. So for me, I believe that so many of uh, so much of the breakdown of the black family um, is directly linked to the fact that the black man um, does not have an outlet or a space where he can really process things and work through things um, and get the healing uh, that is required for him to be successful emotionally and mentally uh, in our culture and in these spaces.
0: So, And you know, it was funny to me because when I went through a rough patch uh, in my life, um, Cause I've always been one of those brothers who like, how can somebody take their own life, man? As weak, mm-hmm. especially if mm-hmm. they got a family. How can you do that to your kids? Mm-hmm. But when I've like hit rock bottom, which I felt was rock bottom in my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you play with the idle mind, yeah, the thoughts that run through your head, you like, especially if you got life insurance, yeah, like <laughs> you know they might be better off without me. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. made. They, I changed my thinking when it came to that, and mm-hmm. you never know. And just like you said, on the outside looking in, it could seem like everything is, I may want to switch my life with this person, but you're not. Right. So it's just amazing how that works. So mm-hmm. um, I thank you for going into detail about that, and we need it. Fellas, y'all need to take advantage of it. You know, It's not weak to express yourself, man. I know some of y'all want to cry right now just go outside and holler uh but so mm-hmm. when it comes to um Kohe, mm-hmm. briefly describe like what's your healing process i'm sorry say that
1: again say that again is it,
0: is it tailored to each client as far as oh,
1: the approach? oh, goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really hard to, to talk about uh, the healing process, um, because it is very much specific to the individual's need. You know, um, there's no cookie cutter way. Um, there's no one fits all process. You know, that's why we develop uh, treatment plans. Um, that's why we go through an entire intake process with individuals to really get an understanding of kind of where people are and what their goals are. You know, where are you trying to get to? What is it that's, that um, you are finding yourself struggling with? And how is it impacting your life? How is it impacting your relationships? How is it impacting your ability to have stability in your life, whether it's economically, mentally, uh, socially, physically even? So that's why we kind of take a holistic approach because we like to look at everything, all of the factors that may be impacting a person's uh, mental and emotional wellness. And so the plans are, they're holistic, they're always holistic, and they are um, uh, client-centered. You know, so it's really about that person. We try to move things along a pace at or at a pace that's comfortable for clients. Um, And sometimes I I notice that with men, it may take a little while longer um, than it does with other clients to really get men to feel safe to open up, especially if it's new for them, Um, especially if it is an experience that they're not accustomed to or if they're not accustomed to it consistently. um, Maybe they were able to kind of um, have that with the, with the, with the parent that passed on our grandparent or friend or colleague, you know, whoever that person is to them, whoever has been that safe place in one season may not be a part of their life in this current season. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to kind of get them to the place where they can open up and they, they can be vulnerable and they do know, Hey, you know, there's no judgment here. This is about you. All of this, this entire experience is about you, it's about your wellness, and it's about helping you to break with certain dysfunctional patterns um, and ways of thinking and ideologies that don't benefit you, um, that don't build you. And so ultimately, what we strive to do is, you know, we lay things out, but ultimately we want um, clients to to be able to see it for themselves, essentially. Uh We want you to be able to see where the issues lie. Through that process of conversational talk therapy or or whatever kind of other strategies or, or um, tools that we employ in session and out of session um, so that there is an understanding of where they are and for them to be accepting um, of where they are, but also willing to do the work to break with the things that don't benefit them. So it's a process, again, and it's really just customized for each client.
0: I love it. Please take advantage. Everybody take advantage. Um what is I know it's a technology driven world uh what are some mental health apps that's available uh that can help oh. us as well
1: Oh well um you know I don't mean to toot my own horn but as of October the <laughs> October the 10th okay. um, you can access the therapy University app that's our app that we're launching on next month I'm super excited about it um, there will be tools there will be resources there will be um, all kinds of uh, videos teaching on certain topics etc therapy University launching on 10 10 21 so I don't know if I really want to share anybody else's app today <laughs> no well, there, are, there are apps there and i will say to you that if you do go to the link on my page or on my instagram that's listed here um mm-hmm. there is a link that gives you a list of about 10 apps that are extremely beneficial for black people that are directly uh, related to mental health and wellness but uh again on 10, 10 therapy university app will be launching there'll be a lot of connections um, to um, additional resources in your specific communities Mm -hmm. on that app there will be trainings available um kind of just like uh tutorials i guess i should say less more more so than training but little tutorials on how to overcome certain things how to address certain things lots of talk around boundaries self-care um, identity, lots of things around identity, because that's an area that a lot of the black men who do come in, um, deal with is Mm -hmm. identity and not allowing the culture, Mm uh, to dictate to them their worth or tell them who they are or tell Mm -hmm. them who they can be, or they can't be put certain limitations around them. Um, and really allowing you or teaching you kind of, kind of guiding people on how to show up as their authentic selves in spaces unapologetically. Mm So I'm super excited about that.
0: I love that. And the thing, uh, another thing that I love about um, therapy sessions is that uh, the unbiased feedback that you get, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes your family members or your friends, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll tell you things that you want to hear or something Mm -hmm. to help you get through where I feel like you can be more transparent Mm -hmm. uh, through therapy. Mm -hmm. So with you providing all of this help for others Mm -hmm. How does one seek help for themselves, such as you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so every clinician, every therapist um, that's worth their salt is going to tell you that they have their own therapist.
0: There so um
1: I'm a therapist with a therapist. I also have mentors um, that I've walked mm-hmm. with very closely for the almost the last decade who also provide support for me. Um and so I have my own sessions as when I need those. And um I also am I'm a very big supporter and proponent of boundaries in uh, self-care. So that's really how I kind of keep it together. I'm okay clearing my schedule when I need to. Um, mm-hmm. I try to take mini vacays often, so about once every three months. Um, mm-hmm. I don't... Um, overschedule myself. I'm okay with telling people, no, not this time. I can't make it. I won't do it. As a matter of fact, there's someone where I was supposed to be in Mississippi tomorrow uh, Mm -hmm. for something, and I I want to be there with all of my heart, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. And so I'm okay with offending people with my no, my not right now, my I can't do it, my I won't do it, my I ain't got it, or even if I do, you can't have it. Um Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I need to get better with that, man. I swear. i wear myself out trying to appease everybody
1: i'm not a people pleaser i'm not a people pleaser at all and so that's how i'm able to do it um i'm okay with offending if i if it's necessary for my own preservation so Mm. that i can be useful in the spaces that i am committed to be to showing up in and i know that that means that the other spaces the other demands um, the other pools will have to take a back seat to what's mandatory and what's necessary in my life. Um, like, for example, I'm a mom. I have two mm-hmm. daughters, they're 16 and 17. And so um, there's priority there. And mm-hmm. um, the people who are, who are meant to be in my space will understand that. And those who aren't one and won't understand it. And I'm okay with both. Either way, it's cool with me. So I love that's it. How
0: I- check mm-hmm. it and respect it. Right. Get the boundaries and move on.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Get these. That's basically
0: what she's telling you. Uh, (laughs) Now, as we said in the beginning of the introduction, this queen is multi-talented. Tell us about the Arthur side of you uh, and Ishmael situation.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I appreciate that so much. And I see you really did your homework also. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so and I'm familiar to...
0: with that story as well. <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> Very. Yes, ma'am.
1: So I, I've had the honor the privilege to write two books. Actually, the first book was in 2017. It was called Looking for Lepers. So um, these books are more so inspirational. They're not directly uh, linked to the work that I do as a clinician, although I will be publishing uh, something at the end of the year that you guys can look out for. Um, the first book, Looking for Lepers, is a it's a more uh, inspirational spiritual parallels the life of Naaman the Leper from 2 Kings. And just really talks about how, you know, Scripture speaks about him being a great man and he was wonderful, he was awesome, and he was a Leader, Um, but he also was a leper, right? Mm -hmm. And so, doesn't that sound like so many of us where we show up in spaces with all this strength and this power and we're so amazing? But internally, uh, we're leprous. We have these issues that aren't always visible that we haven't worked through. And we need healing and we need wellness and uh, we need we need balm. Right. And um, people don't typically care as long as they don't have to see the symptoms of our issues. Right. Um, Right. As long as we show up and it benefits them, um, people don't care a lot of times. And so um, that particular read really speaks to that and really holds people who are in like uh, ministry circles accountable for how they exploit people for their gifts and their talents. And they don't really minister to the the, the the whole man, the whole soul. Right. They're not dealing with their mental health issues or whatever their their leprosy may be. Um, and then an Ishmael situation um, it's more so about um, uh, just waiting, being patient, um, believing for what you prayed for, what you asked for. Um, and not settling for Ishmael of God promised you Isaac, if you're familiar with that story in the scripture. Uh-huh. And so that's really what that speaks to. Um, but I'm super duper excited um, about the the next um, publication that's coming out in December, um, which will be sex, sin and shenanigans. And Uh-oh. so that,
0: <laughs> that sounds like something I want to read right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so that conversation is more so about you know the comfortability of having the conversation of sin and and sex in the church and why so many people hide things in ministry and really just compelling people to work with a therapist seek help outside of the four walls of the church because there's tool resources and help available and uh, you don't have to be ashamed about where you are or or what you
0: need so i'm glad you mentioned that uh mm-hmm. one last question do you believe that uh our faith whatever a person's faith is can add to our mental health issues
1: <laughs> absolutely okay. yes especially if you come from a very rigid uh, denomination. So, like, mm-hmm. in my even in my own case, coming up in, in Pentecostalism, um, and then going from being colic to Apostolic it was very strict, very strict. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to just call out a point of those two particular domina- denominations, but in a lot of um, religious circles or or denominations, there's a lot of shame, there's mm-hmm. a lot of guilt, there's a lot of embarrassment. You don't know how many people um, come to me and say, you know, I was scared to come to you because I didn't want God to think I didn't have I didn't believe in Him or my, my faith was weak or Um, what have you, or I'm battling with this thing. I have a problem with pornography, but I can't go to my pastor because I'm a leader, I'm a minister, I'm a this or I'm that, I'm over the choir or whatever it is or whatever their issue is. Um, The thing that they are um, up against, sometimes their faith or their belief system or their religion can actually more so hinder um, than help them in taking Um, the steps necessary for them to experience uh, wellness. That's real. Mm-hmm.
0: That's real talk. Yeah, I appreciate you said that. I yeah. hope y'all couldn't know that, that that's a major key, major key.
1: Yeah, um, shame and guilt.
0: So, how can people um reach out to you, keep up with you, follow you, check out uh, <laughs> Kohee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, really easy. You know, uh, you can find me on Instagram at therapy with tayari t-i-y-a-h-r-i you know therapy with tayari um you can also uh go to our website, which is there's two. There's therapyuniversity.org which talks more about the launching of the app. And then there is uh, centeredonhealing.com I believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sorry, there's so many to remember right now. Um, (laughs) You you can go to the website. You can book a free consultation if you just want to have a conversation about what we offer. If you're looking for referrals, perhaps you're a Black man who prefers a Black male therapist. I have lots of connections there as well. I'll be happy to assist. Um, We don't take it personally if you just you know not to work with a woman or or with me or what have you but um that's the best way to reach out and to follow and keep up with what's going on with myself and the work that we're doing at love it
0: love it y'all take advantage uh support this queen by supporting yourselves um that's all we all can use some help uh some way shape form or fashion Mm -hmm. um and it's a great process um I think it has healing properties and you don't know till you try it, man. It don't Absolutely. make you. So, Queen, uh, we appreciate you stopping through the city uh, to give us more insight uh, behind mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. and uh, mental therapy. Um, we support you in all your endeavors. Thank you.
1: Continue
0: to, continue to wish you big things in the future. And we thank you for being such an asset to the community. Uh, we surely need you out here. Need more like you.
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely thanks so much for having me
0: yes ma'am so ah i hate to leave y'all this episode but we don't take up enough of her time this has been another episode of key to the city podcast i'm your cousin Keone g she is the queen dr tayari wilson dr tayari <laughs> wilson and we appreciate her for stopping through we'll see y'all next week peace love and happiness we're gone thank you